episode 504 of the PlayStation Nation podcast, the best PlayStation podcast in the world. It's officially official. With you once again, I am Glenn, and uh, you haven't heard from him for, well, at least a week, Josh Langford. Hello. He's back, folks. He is. I am. You are. I am. <coughs> I am, too. Surprisingly. Uh-huh. I made it through LA traffic. Holy crap, right. dude. We always kind of talked about LA traffic, and we never really saw it being any worse than anywhere else. Jesus, man. Friday night when I got there. Oh, that was ridiculous. And it didn't make any sense. Like, I had my navigation actually taking me on side streets and shit to get get around it. It was... Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah. We're, uh, we're back, the two of us, to talk about PlayStation and probably some other stuff. No doubt. Uh, but first, no, we're not talking about no doubt. Uh, well, they have one good song. Fuck them. No, no I, they, they have don't. one good song. No, they don't. Yeah, it, it, and it's a remake. No, it's no. It, it, it's a cover song, but I actually nope. they do it way better than the original. No, they don't. Yeah, it's called "It's My Life." It's it's a good song. Nope. Yep, it's nope. good. It's good. Other than nope. that, eh, and I can't stand. Nope. Uh, I can't stand what's her name. Um, Gwen uh, Stephanie. Yeah, the one that looks like a corpse now. <laughs> She was in a commercial a few months ago. It literally looks like a corpse. Just white. Like porcelain white corpse. Yeah. Corpse. So, uh, <laughs> this week, some new releases. Uh, a couple new releases. A bunch of news items since we've uh, kind of been out for a week. Obviously, news items that uh, don't involve PSX. What we're playing and watching. What's going on around PS Nation. My full review of the PlayStation 4 Pro, because I've just about got this thing written finally, and uh, a couple of emails that we got over the week. So uh, before that, what I didn't do last week, because I didn't have it in front of me, the housekeeping. 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 Go away. I come in anyway? No, go away. I come in anyway. So a lot of different ways you can find us. Obviously, if you want to interact with us at all, you can go over to psnation.com. Uh, our forums are over there. All of the articles and reviews that we post are over there. And also the Contact Us section. If you look on that front page on the left side, you'll see that. Uh, you know, you can hit the Contact Us button to send us an email. You can shoot an email to podcast at psnation.com. You can uh, look for our Skype info, which is wdt-torgo. You can find our Twitter accounts there. So if you want to follow Josh, you can do that at PJFJosh. You can follow me at TorgoPSN, and you can follow the main account, which is at PSNation. Uh, you can, uh, you know, find all the other cool stuff like that affiliate link section. Uh, you know, we don't have a Patreon to, to pay for our bills or nothing. All we ask is that, you know, if you're going to do any shopping, not just during the holiday season, but anytime, you're going to do any shopping in a, at a lot of the like bigger online retailers like Best Buy and uh, Amazon and Walmart.com, Barnes & Noble, Rift Tracks, uh, any of those stores. We've got a ton of them. Just hit our link to go to that site, and uh, whatever you buy, we get a little piece of it, and that helps us pay for our bills, like our web server, all the Extra Life shipping I'm going to have to start doing, uh, which we'll touch on Extra Life in a few minutes. Um, you know, our web server, our podcast host, which is a different host, uh, our tech support every month, all that stuff. Uh, that's what these links pay for. And we thank everybody for using those big time. Uh, and don't forget, you know, like Amazon, especially, we've got in like seven different countries. So we've got Amazon Canada. We've got Amazon Europe. We've got Amazon France, Germany, Spain. Uh, I think we have Italy, I think. I can't remember exactly. 
I don't remember. <clears throat> I don't either. Uh, also, don't forget to hit up VGEVO.com for the podcast network over there. Check out all the other podcasts that are up there along with us. You can find us on Facebook if you go to Facebook.com slash PS Nation page or just do a search for PlayStation Nation and uh, like our page. Uh, and that's a good way to see whatever we post on the website. If you don't like if you don't like using Twitter and you like using Facebook, anything that we post on the website will also go up on that Facebook page so you can keep apprised of the situation over on the website. Uh, and then, you know, last but not least, if you like to stream your podcast, a lot of different ways you can do that with us. Uh, we're on most of the uh, most of the major sites, and I'm still working on getting us on a couple other ones. So you can find us on like Google Play Music. You can find us on iTunes, obviously. You can find us on uh, Stitcher, and you can find us on TuneIn and some other ones out there. I'm just trying to get us worked on to to to, to uh, Spotify, which I thought we were on and we're not. So I'm working on that right now. Yeah. But other than that, I'm all done. So it's time for Josh to go over this humongous list of pre-Christmas new releases. It's crazy. Yeah, huge. So for the PS4, we have Shantae Half Genie Hero Risky Beats Edition. Nice. Very cool uh, series. Yeah, so there's a new relic system to unlock new powers and customize uh, Shantae's moveset. Um, huge bosses. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um. Yeah, comes with a disc. Comes with I, it looks like a book. I I don't know though. It doesn't really say anything about it. It, it has some weird folder thing in so the picture. Is this so? This is really weird because Limited Run Games is doing a physical copy of this, and I'm and it's this specific as one. Well. Yeah, but it's half genie out. hero. Uh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. No. Nope. Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought no, that's what they were showing at PSX. Okay. These are different games. All right. Sorry. I thought it was this one. Yeah. That's why I went and checked. All right. All right. Forget I said anything. All right. Forgotten. Well, I usually do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't understand what comes with this. Uh, really doesn't say. Mm. Um but uh yeah so well at least there's a game and it's 29.99 and there is a physical vita version as well for 29.99 that's as awesome well. yes nice I, i'm i'm and, a fan of the series they you know way forward does some really nice stuff with uh especially the animation but uh I, i've really liked this series so i'll probably pick okay. this up actually i figured this out it is a compact disc so it is probably the soundtrack Ah, okay. Because it also comes with the Vita version. So it probably has a code and then the CD in there with the soundtrack. Is that what you're saying? There's a picture of the Vita box and a little picture of this other cover and the CD itself. All together. So apparently it all comes together. Interesting. Doesn't say it anywhere. Yeah. But there's a picture of it. Huh. <laughs> and it is the Risky Beats edition. So I'm guessing maybe that's what's going on here. Don't uh, don't get too crazy with those beats. They're risky. Uh, it says in the product information that there is an audio CD. Hmm. That's cool. So, yeah. Neat. All right. That's it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I mean, usually when you get closer to Christmas time, the releases get lower. So, yeah, yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't expect very much next week either. All right, on to the news. Uh, this first one from the holy crap about fucking time uh, news file. Elite Dangerous finally coming to the PlayStation 4. Uh, this has been out for the Xbox One for quite a while now and also out on PC, including uh, some VR stuff on PC. So, uh, and actually, I own this on PC, but it doesn't run on my laptop, so <laughs> kind of a waste. Um, this is a space combat game kind of similar to... <sighs> it, it's kind of got a Wing Commander vibe, Descent Free Space vibe, uh, a little bit of No Man's Sky, whereas you can kind of you can get out of the ship every now and then and do things. Uh, there's fighting, there's trading, there's exploring, and of course you want to survive. Um, you can actually customize a ship, you can build your uh, an entire fleet, uh, you can live a complete life out, uh, what they call out on the galactic frontier. Uh, so it's not just, you know, a space combat game, but they do have a really nice multiplayer experience from what I've heard. Uh, I, I've only gotten to play this game a couple times at like PAX, etc., and what I played, I really enjoyed. I've been looking for this game for quite a while, uh, and I keep saying, like, you know, when's it coming to PS4? When's it coming to PS4? And they would just give me a smile. Uh, and this is as far back as when I saw it at, at PAX the last time I went to PAX. So, what, two, three years ago. Uh, and I almost always got it for Xbox One, but I'm like, no, nope, it's coming to PS4. Nope, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. So, as you can see, my waiting has uh, paid off. Uh, they're saying that it's going to launch on PS4 in quarter two of 2017. Jesus. Uh, it's going to come with every game expansion to date, the full Elite Dangerous Horizon season pass, and custom PlayStation 4 features, uh, which include uh, touch navigation, so you can actually uh, explore the map of the Milky Way with a swipe using the touchpad controls, uh, extra controls, including customized four additional touchpad hotkeys to suit your own playstyle. That's kind of cool they're using using the touchpad a little bit. Uh, fast head look, so you can actually quickly track your enemies in the heat of combat with the optional motion-based head look controls powered by the DualShock 4 wireless controller. So actually move your head with the... Con- wow. That'll be interesting to try out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no word on price, anything like that, but seriously, personally, very excited for this one. Uh, it's one that I've kept an eye on for a long time, just not recently. Um, like I said, I own it on on Steam, and I tried to play it a couple times, and it just it won't play on this thing. It's it's not powerful enough. So very excited. There's a ton of videos out there on YouTube for this game. Uh, no word on PSVR support yet, but I would hope that if if the game does well enough on PS4, they would uh, look into adding that, since they've already added it for I believe Oculus. It's one of the two that or Vive. So yeah, I'm excited. This is good news. Oh, and also, uh, PS4 Pro will uh, be supported with enhanced performance throughout the game. That's all they say. So there you go. Okay. Which is good to hear, because one of the things that I noticed at PSX when I would ask, because now I have to ask the question all the time, uh, are you guys going to do pro support? Are you going to do pro support? A lot of the games were pretty much, yeah, for pro we're doing 4K. I didn't hear a lot of developers saying we're going to do extra whatever. Even GT Sport isn't doing anything extra for PS4 Pro except for 4K support. So no additional geometry, no additional performance, no additional anything except for 4K. So, yeah. 
Very, very interesting eye-opening experience at PSX in that regard. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. This next one, I'm, I'm actually excited for this one a little bit. Okay. This next one, uh, Old Time Hockey. Yeah. Uh, is a new game being developed by V7 Entertainment. Uh, and, well, <laughs> from the trailer, they, they straight up ripped stuff out of uh, Slapshot and oh, put yeah. it in the background and changed, uh, just kind of colorized it in a way. Sure. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to get sued out of existence for that one. <laughs> um, Doubt it. But beyond that, uh, it it's kind of like a like '90s games were, um, like NHL '94. It has that kind of style to it. Um, they're looking at the NBA Jam Tecmo Bowl ty- type thing, where there's a little bit more flair and uh, action to it than more um, simulation that we have today. Right. Uh, we're missing that old time arcadey hockey game. Uh, right and and that's what this is going for. Uh, the trailer it, it looks interesting, but it could be terrible. Oh, <laughs> it mean, definitely could be terrible. I, for, who knows how it's actually going to play? And you know, looking at the trailer, it, it's I see flashes of well, that could be fun, or if it just feels like you're skating through molasses or anything, it's going to just be ass. So <laughs> you know, who knows. <laughs> Um, I, I think I'd need to actually see it in person and, and have a controller in my hands before I could say anything about this. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of cool that somebody is, uh, trying to bring back those types of games. Those were always fun, uh, on those old systems. I, I don't know how big a market there is for this now though. Um, but, well, I mean, you know. what else is there for hockey right now? There's NHL. NHL. Yeah. So number one, you're getting an you know you're getting a, an alternative option. Number two, you're getting more of an arcadey game. Uh, that three on three that was on PS3 was a blast. Uh, so if they can get that kind of gameplay, even a little bit, if they can capture mm. it and actually make it fun, I think it'd be a cool thing. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I hated that three on three. Oh, see, my friends and I played it all the time. We had a blast with it. And that's the thing. I I just wonder, you know, which way this is going to go, how how this is all going to shake out. I mean, clearly, because of what they're doing with a lot more violence and everything, like at one point in the the trailer, the guy takes a stick and just literally slams it right over the head of another guy. Um, so clearly there's no NHL uh license to this. Um they're just making generic hockey. Uh which is always I mean that in itself is always a gamble when you make a sports game and you don't have actual um leagues and actual players involved in it. Uh that you're just making up teams and stuff like that. And there's supposed to be a story mode and an exhibition mode. Sure. Um so yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, some supposed to be coming sometime early 2017. Yeah. That looks neat to me. I mean, if it sucks, it sucks. But I think it's a, a fun prospect, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. 
All right, next up, uh, something that I assume I haven't talked to Josh in a week because he's playing this nonstop. Uh, what? Farming Simulator 17 actually got a, a PlayStation 4 Pro update. Well, it's, it could use it. Yeah. Um, so they're saying that, uh, let's see here. The game sold really, really well from what it sounds like. Uh, the free upgrade allows all Farming Simulator 17 players on PlayStation 4 Pro to exploit the full power of their console and enjoy enhanced performance and graphics even for even greater immersion. Uh, when launching the game, players can choose to play either an Ultra HD 4K resolution or an HD 1080p at 60 frames per second resolution with an improved draw distance or Quad HD, which is 1440p running at 60 frames per second. Uh, the game also gains greater clarity thanks to the higher quality shadows displayed at an increased draw distance. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last game that's I good. thought would have enhancements for it, but hey, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not too hard to do, I mean, I don't see why anybody wouldn't just do it. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of times it depends on the engine they use. Because um, yeah. it seems like Unreal Engine allows for relatively quick updates like if you want to scale the thing up for ps4 pro it sounds like it's pretty easy in unreal engine whereas um, you know some of these custom engines they may have a problem with it but yeah it's pretty neat Chaz mm-hmm. actually put a couple of uh uh screenshots up to show a comparison between the two or the three i mean yeah beyond a tree i don't <laughs> really see a difference there but uh, that's me yeah no it's funny though um, all right, and the PlayStation 4 has now sold over 50 million units worldwide. Wow. Uh, that is actually, as far as I can tell, because it's hard to find the actual numbers, it, it looks like it's actually fallen behind the PS2 at this point in its life cycle. But this reached 50 million 17 months faster than the PS3. Well... I'm just, I mean, it's a number anything, I, I saw. I, I get anything it. could reach 50 million faster than the PS3 did. Not the Wii U. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, but that's the Wii U. Everybody thinks it's an add on for the Wii. Yeah. Nobody thought the PS3 was an add on for the PS2. Not the They just N-gage. thought it was a high priced. Well, no, they just thought it was a George Foreman grill. Yeah. So this is as of December 6th. Uh, and apparently the Black Friday sales were a big part of it. Yeah. Well, obviously not a big part of it, but the Black Friday sales helped a lot because it was the best Black Friday sales the PlayStation brand has ever seen, apparently. And the numbers do include the PlayStation 4 Pro, but there's no breakdown as to what's what there. Well, I mean, from so, what I saw, I saw some figures earlier this week, and uh, the Pro didn't sell the greatest. And and the thing is, Sony never expected it to, from what it sounds like. They ex- expect kind of a slow burn well, with yeah. the Pro. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. Like, right from the start. This, it, Well, it's the same thing with VR. You know, they, they put them both out there, and these are both, as far as they're concerned, they're long-term. Although um, VR sold better than they expected from what it sounds like. I mean, there were there were predictions out there from other entities, you know, saying, oh, they're going to sell $2 million, and it, it sold 750000 But 
Uh, it sounds like Sony's very happy with with PlayStation VR sales numbers. Uh, they they talked about it a couple of times last weekend, you know, and and they, you know they wouldn't reference anything exactly, but they, they seemed overly like pretty happy about it. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, but the the sales of the PSVR actually are pretty much on par with the Oculus and the Vive combined. That's crazy. But it shows like what what you and I have been saying and a lot of other people have been saying for so long that you know it's a lower cost of, of entry and a lot of people That's why. That's enticing to a lot of people. It is. Yeah. That's I think that's the biggest reason it's it's sold as much as Oculus and Vive combined because to say, you say you keep hearing you know Facebook and Oculus and 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 if you're just out there as a general consumer you're like oh that could be pretty cool and I'll, I could get that and let yeah. me let me check it out and then you see what you have to do with a new computer that can just run it and you look at the cost of all that and you go fuck that yeah there's no way yeah but then PS4 is sitting out there at a much lower cost than yeah it's it should say it absolutely if it didn't sell more than the two of them combined i'd be i'd be worried for it at that point i i would too probably just based on cost yeah it's yeah so that's good i mean it's it's it it's good for people who have already bought it because it shows that you know it sold better than sony expected and they have said they're in it for the long haul now I don't think Move sold anywhere near what they expected, and they just kind of quickly walked away from that. They didn't say they were in that for the long haul. They were not. They, you know, they pushed it hard early on, and they were trying to get developers all on board with it. And a lot of them were just saying, "Oh, well, we can just port over like we did with the Wii. We just do those controls on the on the PS3." And then when it just didn't sell, nobody gave a shit, and it was gone. I mean, it, it was it was Microsoft and Sony trying to answer. The Wii's popularity, you know, they were, they yeah. were, and and although I mean, I'm, Sony keeps saying that they had these things in development for quite a while, even before the Wii and all that stuff. Well, which they did. There's I, videos I, yeah, that show yeah. that, but so they obviously pushed for it at that time because it was an answer to yeah. uh, what what they were doing with the Wii. The thing about Move compared to Connect, at least, is that Move found a second life in a very big way, whereas Connect, you can't even find it anymore. I mean, it, it's just disappeared. Yeah, which is hilarious well, because. But the the see the difference is when developers understood how to use the tech, Move worked. Yeah, and it works really exceptionally well when developers know what they're doing with it. Yeah, when developer and it was the same thing with uh, the six axis on the on the DualShock Three. Yeah, you would see when developers knew how to work with it and and knew how to implement it properly, it was brilliant. And it worked beautifully. The problem was very few developers and very few games used it in a way that it actually worked. Most of the time it was sketchy. It didn't feel right. It was off. It was loose. It was, there were all kinds of problems with it, but there were a handful of games that actually used it and used it well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was the same thing with early move games. Yeah, you had a lot of hit and miss stuff there where the developers just didn't know what they were doing with it and just did a shitty job with it. And you know, people jumped on it and they tried out all these early games and half of them were shit and they were like, "Well, fuck this. I don't I don't want to deal with that, you know?" And they just moved on. So, 
Yeah. It's a shame. It is. But it's still being used now. And, yeah. And, you know, and it works good for VR. It's, I'm probably using it more now than I did back it. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm recording. <laughs> yes. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Finished his homework. Good man. Yep. All right. Uh, playing and watching. You want to start off? Uh, sure. Right. Um, we played a little bit of Lego Dimensions the other night, and that was it. Oh, okay. You haven't touched <laughs> The Last Guardian yet. Uh. I played, I played like the first twenty minutes. I played essentially what I played at E three, and that was it. Oh, okay. That's all I had time for. Um, and yeah, those two are the only things I did. Um, uh, we watched a bunch of kids' movies mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff, and this was crazy. We were. We went out to Toys R Us um, because Lou was going to get us uh, the Harry Potter and the Sonic stuff for Lego Dimensions. Sure. And it was on sale at Amazon like a couple weeks ago, really cheap. And she ordered it. And I said to her the other night, I was like, did that stuff ever show up? I didn't see. She's like, no, that. They they were out of it, and then they canceled my order and refunded my money. I was like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And that night, I, I was just scrolling through Twitter, and Toys R Us had both of them on sale. Oh, nice. So I said, well, let's go out to Toys R Us and you know get something to eat and all that, and let's just do all this. So I was like, we're going to Toys R Us, and Mason's like, to buy something for yeah. us? I was like, uh <laughs> We'll see. I said, let's just go. And, no, kid, and, we're just going to go tease you. Yeah. I said, we'll see. So, you know, we walked through. I, I went straight to the back and grabbed those because I was like, I don't want them to be sold out. I'm just going to get them immediately. Sure. And while I was standing there, I looked over at Skylander stuff and it's buy one, get three free. Jesus. Buy one, buy one, get, buy one, get two free. Yeah. Wow. And... I looked at the wall and I'm like, the problem with Toys R Us is they have like six different, you know, if it's not the brand new stuff, yeah, which Activision has sent me, the older stuff, they have like five characters and the entire wall is filled with those same five characters all the time. Of course. You know? Yeah. So I was just like, ah, let me just look. And I just kind of looked. I'm like, whoa, what's that one? I don't know what that one is. I don't have that. Oh, shit. And then I went, oh, shit, there's another one. Wait, I could have, hey, there's another one. <laughs> and I ended up getting, I ended up getting nine of them for the price of three. Wow. So I spent like 25, 30 bucks and got nine characters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So as, as I'm pulling them all off the shelf, I'm like, shit, we need a cart because <laughs> I can't hold all these <laughs> things. I'm like, I didn't expect this. 
<laughs> and then I was like, all right, Mason, let's, let's look for something for you. <laughs> um, and Zoe grabbed like some little Thomas thing. Um, but that came out of her hands before we got to the register. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, I walked him through the Lego area. Um, because he helped me build, you know, one of the sets, which was regular Lego pieces. And we got right. the Lego advent calendar, uh, thing. So you open it up and you open up a little box each time there's a minifigure or something in there. And, and the crazy thing is with that one, usually it's just a picture of what the final thing is. Sure. And then you kind of have to figure out how to put it together. Oh wow! I mean, most of the, yeah, most of them are not that complicated, but there were a couple where we, I was looking at it like, uh, well, there's uh, always that piece that's kind of on the inside and outside. Yeah, both, and you're like what? What, what yeah. goes here? Like, yeah. So he's been building them. Um, I've been holding the you know the little flap open so he can see the picture of it, and he's been building it. Cool. And he's he's his confidence is up. So, um, you know, he wanted the New York city skyline, mm. the Lego architect architecture, New York city skyline for Christmas. Um, and I got that on sale somewhere a couple of weeks ago. So, nice. um, that's been, you know, waiting for Christmas. And while we're walking through there, he's like, Daddy, Big Ben. I love Big Ben. And I'm like, I know you love Big Ben. He's like, they have it for Lego architecture. And I said, yeah. Oh, look, it's 40% off. Oh, nice. Like Friday and Saturday, wow, 40%, 40 off. Wow, 40% off Legos? That's that's yeah. rare. Yeah. Holy shit. So, and that was the other thing. Like when we were going out there, the, the thing said, you know, last day of Lego sales. And I was like, well, let's walk through the Legos. And that was kind of my thing. I was like, let's just see what's there. And we got to that and it was like 25 bucks or something. Wow. Is what it came out to. So I said, okay, yeah, we can get that. And my joke was when he said he wanted the New York city skyline, I said, yeah, you want that. And I'm going to spend all day Christmas building it. Yeah. <laughs> said, but okay, if that's what you want, that's fine. But since he asked for that, he's, his confidence has grown and we ended up getting home at like 10 o'clock or so. Lou and Zoe went to bed and Mason's like, I want to build it right now. Oh, jeez. Like, okay. <laughs> so, I opened it. He was, there was no way he was going to sleep. So we open it up and it's beautiful. Like yeah. the, the booklet is huge and it's the whole first half of it is history. Of, and, and this is the big Ben, big Ben one. Yeah. Okay. So the whole first half of the book is this history of big Ben and how it was built and when it was built and blah, blah, blah. And, and we're going through all that. And then, you know, we get to it and I was like, okay, I'll hold the book open because it's, you know, you can't really just open it flat um, because of the way this thing is made. So I was like, I'll hold the book open. And it came in like three or four bags, like 300 some pieces. Wow. Yeah. So I dropped each of the bags into its own bowl. And I said, here, here's the, here's the thing, you know, let's see if you can do it. And he's like, okay, I need this piece. I need this piece. And he started going and he built the whole freaking thing. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, 
he's like halfway three quarters of the way through it and he's getting really tired and I can see it. And <laughs> he's, he's got this one piece that he built and he's trying to, it's, he's trying to put it down. It's like in the wrong place. And I'm like, not there. And then he goes somewhere else. And I'm like, look at the picture. And he tries to put some, I'm like, look at the picture. And he looks at the picture and I'm like, you're tired. Why don't we finish it tomorrow? No, no, I want to finish it tonight. Jeez. So he got his second wind when I told him to go to bed and he's like, no. And he woke up and he's like, all right. And he finished it off and, and immediately it's like 1130 and he finishes it. He's like, let's go show mommy and Zoe. I'm like, dude, they're asleep. <laughs> Don't wake them up. Yell fire while you're at it too. <laughs> he's like, oh, they're going to wake up and be so surprised. I'm like, yeah, they are. I'm surprised. <laughs> wow. That's cool. So, and it's a really cool little thing. I, I was, I, it from the picture on the box i was like eh. but when we built it when well when he built it when i st- stood there and watched it and took pictures as he was doing it um i like the way it looks it's actually pretty cool cool so but now i'm like fuck now we got to do that four times over <laughs> because i mean the new york one is it's the new world trade center whatever that tower is um the freedom tower yeah whatever the world trade center that's what it's called um, right i don't know <laughs> uh empire state building chrysler building so those three are going to take freaking forever and, and then there's a, then there's a little tiny uh flat iron building and a little tiny uh statue of liberty oh okay so well compared to those buildings the statue of liberty is tiny oh well, yeah yeah. And the flat iron is is a tiny building too, so compared sure. to those. So um but I said, well, you know how long that took you? Now you've got th- at least three buildings that are as tall if not taller, well, definitely taller than Big Ben was. And it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> Wait, so he already knows he's getting the New York City thing? Well, he asked for it for Christmas. I didn't, you know. I never got what he, I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> Santa, he talked to Santa. Uh, Santa, Santa hated me. Apparently, so, I was too good of a kid. Yeah, no, I got that like thirty percent off. That's why I grabbed it. Nice. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what was going on. It was a lot of that and and just running around. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, well, I finally got some time to play. Pinball FX2 in PlayStation VR. Uh, it's still tough for me. It's still really tough for me to play pinball, though. Wait, that's uh, out? Yeah, it came out a couple weeks ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. It, uh, there's, I think there's like six tables available right now. Uh, Wild West. Um, uh, Walking Dead is is kind of the big one that came with it. Uh, it's got um, Epic Quest, which I'm really happy about. It's one of the ones I played. Um and then a couple of the really older ones. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's it's cooler than I thought it would be. Chaz has actually been s- streaming the hell out of it. We have a, a, quite a few videos up on on our YouTube channel with it. Um, but my left hand, it's just it's really tough for me to do the flippers right now with my with my left hand, and uh, I got really frustrated, so I stopped playing. It wasn't the game's fault. It's just the shitty hand. Um, but it's really neat. Like I, I was playing, I played the most uh, for Epic Quest, and one of the things I noticed right away is they've actually redone the lighting completely. 
So if there's a light in uh, a bumper, for instance, it actually casts the light correctly when the ball goes by. Hmm. So it's all real-time lighting and everything reacts the way it should, uh, which is not on the original tables. So it, it kind of softens the blow of, of uh, not having to, you know, the, the fact that you have to spend money on the tables again because it's not crossed by to the VR ones. But um, it's really neat. It, it's it's cool because they have stuff kind of going on in the background while you're playing the table. So it's, it's literally like you're standing at the table when but you're it, playing it. Okay. So now are you playing it standing or are you sitting? No, I was sitting. Doesn't that feel weird? Not really, because uh, you're still kind of looking down a little bit, and um, it did, no, it didn't feel weird at all when I was playing it. And you, I mean, you can stand a, if you want. And you're using a Dual Shock. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, how how, how I, else would you do it? I, I I don't know. A pair of move controllers and hit the buttons <laughs> to make it to Which hold them out there and make possible. it feel more, yeah. you know, to make it. Because I, as you were talking about it, I was like, okay, so you're immersed in this, and it's like you're in an arcade. But if you're not standing, I would feel weird. Well, and if you I can stand if you want. And it if I'm gonna... holding the DualShock in, that kind of ruins the immersion, too. Like, sure. my hands are out. My hands should be out on the sides of the thing, hitting the buttons, you know? So, when they released this for Oculus, mm-hmm. somebody actually created a, a custom controller for it. Hmm. That remap the, the button <laughs> that is to... a full size pinball machine that you no can put no in here. <laughs> no uh, no but it's a it, it, it's a pretty rudimentary controller but it works it stands up and and like I said I'm sure you can stand with this it's not going to hurt you uh, I was just sitting you yeah know? Um, but the cool thing is like if I'm playing Epic Quest the stuff that it does the little puppet show thing mm-hmm. so now it just pops up on the back part of the pinball machine instead of a separate screen yeah. And then, like, uh, your character will, like, run around the table. So if there's, something, if there's like, a little cutscene thing going on, you can look up and see it happening. Hmm. Uh, walk, walking Dead, there's actually zombies walking around, shambling around you. Um, uh, Wild Wild West, or whatever it's called. Wild, I always want to say Wild Wild West, but it's not that. Uh, the Wild West one, though, the train that's in, that usually goes around the table is actually going around you the whole time. <laughs> so it's kind of neat how that happens, because you kind of see it in your peripheral. You know when you're playing it, yeah. um, it's it's really neat. It, it's it's a cool way to play the game. It, it, I, I I'll be honest. I thought it was going to be a little annoying before I played it. it I looked at it. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really want to play it this way. Uh, but it's neat. It's it's it. I, I really you know once the hand. I mean the hand's getting better little by little every day. Uh, once the hand is better, I can start playing pinball again. I'm definitely going to play it. I'm definitely going to get in and play a lot more of it. Um, but yeah. It, it, you know, I, I saw people playing it on Oculus, and I, I, you know, I was kind of bugging Mel and everybody about, hey, is it coming to PSVR? And they wouldn't say anything, and <clears throat> then it finally got announced, and it was like, oh, it's coming out next week. Um, and the whole time, I'm like, man, eh, I don't know, I don't know. I, I think it'll be neat, but it seemed like kind of a kind of a frivolous thing, you know, uh, because I like really staring at the table and, and getting into the zone, and I'm like, I don't know if it's going to happen this way, but. Uh, I'm really liking it. It's it's uh, a lot better than I thought it would be. The experience itself. Uh, it's it's a lot a lot of fun when you put the headphones on too, because the stuff that's happening around you actually kind of happens in the earphones too. So it doesn't have all the cool arcade sounds and all that, but they kind of have their separate. They have like a space set up 
and there's three slots that you can assign a table to, or else you can go to one of the tables and just hit R1 and L1, and it'll you know flip between all the diff- different tables you own. Um, but you can actually kind of you navigate by looking, so you can look over and you can go to the high scores over in this section, and there's like a social space in one spot, and um, yeah, it's it's neat how they did it. I I really like it. It's not just you know, it's not just pinball and VR. They actually kind of made it a whole thing. So it's it's cool. Hmm. It's neat. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I've wanted to play play more of this game anyway, and they and they just patched it for PS4 Pro, so I wanted to check it out. Uh, got in Friday, actually, before I left for uh, my parents' house for the weekend and played a couple hours of Eve Valkyrie. Uh, so number one, I'm actually understanding the game a lot more, which is great. It's, it's helping me enjoy the game more now that I understand kind of the modes and everything. Uh, the pro updates, it's nice. It's, it's just more graphical stuff. It, it's cleaner. The anti-aliasing is better. Uh, the rendering is better, especially the stuff off in the distance. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it's just cleaner, but it, it's, it's a welcome addition. You know, it's nice having the, having something for the PS4 pro from this game. Um, yeah, I, it's still a really cool game, and it's a lot of fun to play. And one thing I really appreciate, again, with the left hand, I was having a lot of problems flying in the game because I can only use the left stick for a while. So I was literally, like, reaching my right thumb over to the left stick to fly. And that's how I was playing the game for a while, uh, even when we played it for Extra Life. So they've now made it so you can customize all the controls. And you can assign individual buttons, everything. And, uh, I, I, man, I, I welcome that so much. So I can fly with the right stick. Now I just use the left stick for, um, for, uh, the throttle or not even the throttle. I think it's just up and down. So I, I was doing a lot better in the game. I, you know, I'm trying to get used to some of the other ship types and, uh, yeah, it's, it, I really had a good time. I didn't play with any friends that night cause it wasn't really planned, but, uh, played online for a good two hours and, and I actually, Kind of was a little late leaving, so I, I was really into it, and I was having a, a, just a blast with it. Uh, and then uh, VR, that Star Wars mission came out for Star Wars Battlefront. Mm. Oh, my God. Uh, it's about 20 minutes. It's only a single mission, unfortunately. It's apparently tied in with Rogue One, uh, the movie coming out this week. Um, but I really wasn't paying attention. They don't really like, there's no spoilers in it that I know of. It's like a really generic mission, and it's broken up into different sections. Uh, but they let you do a lot of stuff. So, that, you know, you, the, even when you get into it, you go in through the menus of Battlefront, and uh, you get to look all the way around an X-Wing. And that engine, wow. I mean, it looks just like, oh, the, oh, even better. When you first get into it, like literally the screen comes up in the VR because you're just in a flat screen like you're playing in cinema mode for a while. Mm-hmm. So you go into the VR thing, and it pops up in VR, and there's an ad at right in front of you walking over you. Hmm. And you can just look up and you can see all that detail from that frostbite engine. Holy crap. I was just, cause I was streaming it and unfortunately the stream uh, died about four minutes in, but you can just hear me in the stream like, Holy crap, this is cool. Um, yeah. So I hit the button and, and you can walk all the way around an X wing. You get into the X wing to start the mission. You can look around inside the cockpit all the way around. There, you have an R2 unit in the back. You know, it's interacting with you. You can look around and, and hit all the buttons in the cockpit. Uh, you can lock the S-foils in attack position or bring them back down. Everything. It's 
oh, dude, it's so cool. <laughs> like, and um, I played it again because when I played it on the stream when it died, I didn't realize it died. Uh, I didn't have headphones on. I was just kind of playing, and and I, you really need to wear headphones when you're playing this thing. It it, it really immerses you because uh, they they do the 3D audio really really well. Um, but you're kind of flying around in the fleet, so you can actually fly around and you're going like around a medical barge, and oh, it's just so cool. And they're like, well, we have to go on this mission. So you leave this mission and you actually go into hyperspace. So they got all the blue, you know, the blue tunnel that you go through and they, it's just perfect. And you kind of do this escort mission and you get inundated with all these TIE fighters and everything. You're fighting the TIE fighters and the space combat is really good. Uh, It does. I think it does cheat a little bit for you, but man, it was really cool. And then a Star Destroyer shows up and it's just... It's crazy. That's cool. <laughs> I, I want that as a full game, like right now. God, make that as a full game. Use that engine because, man, the Frostbite engine si- just sings in VR. Um, there was a a spot where you're going through an asteroid field, and you're literally you're not on rails. You can fly anywhere you want, you know. And you go through this asteroid field, and you're blowing up the smaller ones, and you kind of come past a couple of big ones. And there's a sun behind a couple of them, and just the way that it was shining through. Oh, man, it was cool. Well, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter remake oh in God. VR. I, <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. And again, it was cool because they let me um, customize the controls and I could fly with the right stick, which was great. So um, it's weird that you don't really think about that when you don't have to, but when you do, it's it's a it's a very welcome thing. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to play that some more now that I'm back home. I Man, it is cool. Uh, and then, uh, got on it and when was it like Wednesday or Thursday night and played a ton of rocket league with rock. Uh, he gets home from work and he plays pretty much every night still. And with the left thumb, I just haven't really played too much cause I get really frustrated cause I can't really play the way I used to. And I get all pissy. Uh, but I really want to play rocket league. I, I miss the game a lot. And, um, that no clip, which is, uh, Danny O'Dwyer is, is doing these gaming documentaries. Now they have a Patreon out for it. Uh, and they did one on Rocket League. And so I was watching those today, and I'm just in, in Rocket League mode again, you know. And I've just been really it's, – it's getting to me watching Rock play it all the time, and I've been playing. So I, I got on, and I was doing all right, you know, and I was still having problems. Like sometimes I don't turn when I think I'm turning and all that. But started getting in, into it more and had a couple of really good matches where I even got MVP a couple times. I'm like, all right, I'm getting this back a little bit, and – just retraining the hand to work, you know, and, um, God, I love that game. And, and there's a new map out now. Uh, it's like an outer space map. It's almost like you're on, it literally looks like you're on the halo thing, the big ring. Mm. It kind of looks like you're on that. And cause you can kind of see it go off in the distance. And if you get a goal, these two big, uh, guns, gun emplacements are firing off and it's really neat how they did it. Uh, but yeah, we, Gosh, we played for a good four or five hours the other night and just, man, had an absolute blast with it. And then um, I bought myself an early Christmas present, so Black Friday. I saw these at the the COD XP thing I was at in L.A. a couple months ago. Uh, It's a controller company called Scuff Gaming. And, you know, I already have this this controller that that I reviewed for um, that controller shop. The controller shop, I think it is. Yeah, the controller shop, which I really like. Uh, you know, they, they they do a lot of custom work, so you can get it painted up. And uh, you know, I got the buttons on the back, so L one and L two were actually on the back of the right 
grip of, of this controller so I can actually do L1 and L2 with my right hand. Uh, and I, I take this controller with me everywhere. I took it to PSX. I took it to COD XP. Uh, I, I take it everywhere with me. I even took it to, to E3 with me. And I wanted to see if the Scuff Gaming would be a, a good alternative. So they kind of cater more to um, the the pro gamers, you know, the guys that play in tournaments and leagues and everything else. Uh, so if you've seen that Microsoft Elite Controller this also has those those paddles on the back, but they're not hooked to the, the grips. They're hooked to the center, kind of. Uh, and you can remap the the trigger, or these these paddles. I'm like, oh, maybe I can kind of do what I do on this other controller. Maybe I can remap L1 and L2 to these, because they're easier for me to hit. I can hit a paddle with my hand. Uh, but they come with, like, trigger extenders. Uh, the, the sticks are replaceable. They actually have this tool... Uh, so you pop it into the ring that's around the sticks, and you can pop the sticks out and put different ones in. They're, it's all modular. Uh, different buttons, uh, really kick-ass grips on the back. Because basically, I think they actually replace the back. They don't uh, just modify it. I think they actually replace it completely. Um, but it's, it's really neat, you know. And, and I got the domed sticks. I wanted to see how these were. But if I want to go with the concave again, I can just order them and throw it on. D-pad's really good. It feels really good. Uh, and I bought this for myself for Christmas. It's still a couple hundred bucks, but uh, they had a big Black Friday sale. So I get it. <clears throat> and how you how you remap the the buttons to the back paddles is they have this little magnet that that they give you, and you hold the magnet on the back, and then you hold which paddle you want um, to remap, and then you hold the button that you want to remap to it. And I kept trying to do L1 and L2, and it just wouldn't work. It was always cross and circle. Every time I tried, I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I look at the instructions. You can remap every single button, D-pad, everything to these paddles, except for the fucking triggers. So, yeah, like, what the fuck? So I kind of bitched about it on Twitter because that's literally why I got this thing. You know, that was the primary reason I got this. And then they start messaging me like, well, have you tried going into the, um, you know, you can go into the PlayStation 4 and remap. I'm like, I don't want to remap anything, though. I just want to mirror L1 and L2 to these paddles. And I said, but changing that on the PS4 isn't going to fucking change anything. And they they kept, oh, you know, maybe try this. Like, listen, you're not listening to me. I want L1 and L2 to be these paddles. And I said, but you can't do it. I'm like, God damn it. But it, that's the thing. It didn't say anything that I saw on the website. It says it in the instructions. So mm. I was a little pissed off about that. But I used it. Um, so these these extenders, which are just regular old plastic extenders that you can get for triggers anyway. Uh, but they work. They I was actually playing uh, Modern Warfare Remastered with this for a couple hours. And once I got used to it, because I'm kind of used to having those buttons on the back of the grip now. Uh, but once I got used to it, I was working pretty well. I actually remapped L3 to one of the triggers, which is run, because I have a really hard time clicking L3 with my thumb. I just I have a really hard time doing it. So uh, the the paddle on the back of the left side, which is kind of right behind the left stick, uh, I could pop that with my pinky, and I was using that for run. Once I got used to it, I was actually doing decent. Uh, I was doing all right, but yeah, just Jesus Christ, like... The one thing I wanted to do, and it doesn't do it. Just, ugh. <laughs> so. Um, but, I mean, it, it is a nice controller. It's, it's very nice. And they, I think they do customizations and everything, too. It's, it's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and review the thing because I haven't really played very much with it. And, you know, 
I have other stuff to review right now. But yeah, that was a little frustrating. But the paddles are really cool. Like like I said, I think they <clears throat> I think they actually replaced the entire back of the controller. Because the paddles are I mean, they're screwed into this thing. It's not just like some simple little clip on or anything. So quality wise, this thing is sweet. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then uh watched. I've been buying a ton of movies lately because Black Friday sales and uh, I just got two Bruce Lee movies that Shout Factory remastered. Uh, they scanned them in 4K. Uh, I haven't watched those yet, but just been getting a lot of movies. And um, I bought, because I found it in 3D, I got the live-action Jungle Book. Mm. And it actually was sold in the U.S. It wasn't a European disc. Yeah, they... <laughs> after... Uh, they they released the regular Blu-ray, and then like six months later, they said, "Oh yeah, here's the 3D." So they pulled a Star Wars. Yeah, fuckers. That seems to be what they're doing now. So you have to wait about six months and see if it'll show up. And sometimes it will, and other times it won't. There's yeah. no rhyme or reason to what they'll bring a 3D Blu-ray. Which one will come to the U.S. and which one will not? It's it's all completely freaking random. This was a nice package, though, because it was all four. It was 3D Blu-ray, it was regular Blu-ray, it was DVD, and it was digital. Yeah. It, well, because a few of them lately they do. Have, been, have been like, you get these two, but not these, you know, and stuff like that. Well, Disney usually does, like, the full package. Right. Still. Right. So. Um, I, so I watched this with my parents last night. Uh, better than I expected. I I really enjoyed it. Because it wasn't just a remake of the of the cartoon uh, mm-hmm. movie; it was based on the book. It was the Rudyard Kipling books, and you know they took elements from the movies. Obviously, they they had a couple of the songs that they that they built in there in a pretty interesting way. Uh, but it's based on the books more than just like remaking the movie they made. So, and it was funny because my stepdad was just blown away. He's like, "How do they get those animals to do that?" I'm like, "No, Jim, they're all." <laughs> Everything's digital except for the kid. He's like, the kid's not not real, or the the kid's real. I'm like, yeah. He goes, but everything else isn't. I'm like, yeah. And he just couldn't wrap his brain around that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I I really liked it. I it is weird though. I, Bill Murray does Baloo's voice. Yeah. And I I adore Bill Murray, but actually I kind of miss having kind of a deeper voice from Baloo. That was the only thing that really I was like, eh, I kind of could have used somebody else in that role. And not because he was bad at it. I just wanted a deeper voice because that's Baloo for me. Mm-hmm. But it was great walking in there and Idris Elba. There was some good stuff. And it was fantastic. Like, visually, holy crap. That that line between digital and and real, completely blurred. Like, Yeah, oof. it's pretty insane what they're doing now. With I got to watch it in 3D, though. Because... I was reading about it, and Favreau actually, he did the 3D, he said, in multiplane like the, the old animated movies. So you can actually see the physical planes. Mm. Oh, I want to see that. And my parents have a 3D TV, but they didn't want to watch 3D last night. We were watching something. I can't remember what it was uh, over the past week or so. And I was just captivated by the digital and looking at the detail and everything and thinking to myself, it's staggering yeah. just how 
perfect it looks, how good it looks, and how amazingly well done it is. Um, well, yeah, it was something that was real-ish. And we watched Toy Story 3 last night, but that wasn't it, obviously. Nice. <laughs> um, that was gorgeous, though. It is. And he had never seen it, and I was wondering how he was going to react to the whole thing, and... There's some sad and scary shit in that movie, though, man. There is, but you know what? We, we watched episode seven. Um, oh, wow. At some point in the last two weeks, yeah. And I was, I was concerned about that. I was concerned, especially when we get to that part. And when it happened, he was nervous. When things were happening, he was nervous. And then when it did happen, he was just, oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. And he got really upset. And I was like, I know, I know. It's really, really sad. And then he was okay after that. And But I, as we're getting there, I'm like, do I fast forward? Do I let him see this? What do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> but I just kind of let it go. I was like, he could probably handle it. And yeah, he was upset, but, you know. Wow. But he handled it, so. I actually watched... Uh Saturday, I was a bum. I haven't had a day off, day off in a long, 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 long time. So I just was a bum. I caught up on some reading, and then TNT was showing all six Star Wars movies in order. With uh, beautiful commercials and everything. Actually, they kept the commercials very low. I was impressed. Like, there were barely any commercial breaks. And when there were commercial breaks... They actually put a timer on the screen and said the movie will be back in two minutes, and they counted down. Hmm. I, I'm serious, because I just kind of had it on the background, because I caught The Phantom Menace pretty much right when it started, and it, it wasn't a plan. It was just like, oh, there we go. I'll throw that on. And I, I was sitting there reading something, and I'm like, wow, there hasn't been a commercial in a long time. So, yeah, because I, I was the same way. I thought it was going to be like Spike with something where... Uh, or like when when they ever when when they show all the Harry Potter movies on uh, what used to be ABC Family. Oh yeah. Um, but fucking a man, a two and a half hour movie takes four hours. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but no TNT. Seriously, there was barely any commercials at all. And then I looked up one time and I'm like, oh holy shit, they have a counter. Wow. So yeah, but you know, went through the prequels. Uh. You know, dislike the stuff that I've disliked in the past. The kid's terrible. Uh, really love the action. Uh, Jar Jar's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and and totally a foil. But you know what? Love the I, action. I spent the when I rewatched all that with Mason. I spent yeah. the whole time looking at Jar Jar as that dark Jedi, that hidden dark Jedi <laughs> that that whole theory has. And I enjoyed it a lot more, actually. <laughs> And I really wish they had done that. Oh, because that'll be funny if that happens. That theory was brilliant. And it actually, when you watch it with that in mind and knowing all the little places that he points out, look at what happened here and look at what happened. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. It, he could be. <laughs> he could be. But they just didn't uh, take that extra step and do it. It's it, it's weird because I haven't really watched the, the prequels in about probably a couple of years now. And, uh, cause I think I watched them actually, did I watch them before? No, I didn't watch them before Force Awakens hit it. You know, 
again, I'll say, you know, I love seeing this stuff play out. I love actually seeing the Clone Wars. I love seeing all that stuff. But I just, I laugh at how bad the, the love story stuff is. Yeah. And the fact that she dies from a broken heart. I mean, God, yeah. really? You know, just stop trying to make it work and get a real writer to help you. You know, it, it's just, <laughs> it it does. It, it, it annoys me. But at the same time, I'll still watch them because I can... I can ignore that stuff enough because of all the other great stuff. Yeah. And, and that's what it is for me. You know, when I, I'll, I, I know I've said it before, but when I, when I was younger and I read that it was Obi-Wan that did that to Anakin, finally seeing that play out on screen in such grandeur, holy crap. I mean, it, it was, you know, it's something that you never thought you'd see. And we were like, oh, man, that'd be so cool to see that battle. That that has to be just an insane battle. And it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still I still like them. I mean, they're not my favorite movies in the world, but there's enough there for me to like. And, that, and that's all there is, you know? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it, it's just, it's so much convenience to get the story to work. Whereas it probably could have been better thought out and, and there could have been another way to do it. I'm I'm sure there was a better way to do it. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> those epic light, lightsaber battles and those epic space battles, I'm all over it. I, I'm, pff, dude, the Clone Wars? Shit. When they're on Geonosis, the, there's that one shot where the stormtroopers go into that big dust storm after the, after the, the capital ship crashes. And all you see is the flashes of light from all the lasers. Yeah, and that's so World War Two in in certain ways. You know, it's like you're watching an old war film. It grabbed me. That one shot grabbed me so much, and it always has. But oh, yeah, and I mean, my favorite thing in every in all Star Wars movies of all time is when Yoda fights uh, Darth uh, 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 Christopher Lee. Yep. Holy fuck! He, oh, <laughs> I just can't get over how awesome that was. I love it. I giggle every time I see that scene. So, yeah. So I got to nerd out over Star Wars this weekend. It was awesome. Especially after playing that Star Wars thing in VR a couple days ahead of time. Uh, anyway. All right. Are we done break time? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take our break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's going on around PS Nation. Uh, I'll finally do the full review of the PlayStation 4 Pro. And we'll hit up some emails and get the fudge out of here. We'll be right back.
And uh, he hasn't had to do it for a couple of weeks, but we'll make him do it tonight. Josh, what the heck is going on around PS Nation? Well, last week on the Daily Poll, it seems to be all about Final Fantasy. Hmm. So Monday was, are you picking up Final Fantasy 15? Uh, Tuesday was, are you a fan of Final Fantasy franchise? Interesting. Interesting uh, results there. Go to the website and take a look at those. Hmm. Uh, Then Wednesday was, what do you think of December's PlayStation Plus lineup? And I believe it's the exact same answer every single month from everybody. (laughs) Uh, Then there was a second one on Wednesday, which was for those playing Final Fantasy XV, which character is your favorite so far? Uh, Thursday was what's your favorite PS1 Final Fantasy game? Mm Mm-hmm. And, oh, there we go. I was like, you better do this on Friday. Yes, what's your favorite PS2 Final Fantasy game? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting results. Yeah. All around, I would say. Okay, and then reviews. I have no idea where we left off. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of PSX stuff that's on the site. Uh, I think there were a couple before that, but I'm not sure. Mm. Well, I will start with uh, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. That was Dave. Uh, The Plantronics Rig 600 gaming headset. That one was from you. Uh Uh-huh. Dishonored 2 has just gone up uh, last week, or two weeks ago now. Jeez. Uh, Robinson the Journey, which didn't make Ray sick, apparently. Was it, oh, that was Ray. I thought it was Chaz. Or Chaz. I That's mean, right. either one of them. It didn't make either of them sick. That game just got an update. Uh, did it? Yeah, I wonder if... Well, maybe I'll have to get into it and have a puke mm. bucket ne- next to me and see if they fix that problem at all. Interesting. Yeah. And The Last Guardian, the review for that went up. Nice. When the embargo lifted. Nice. Yeah, I gotta play more of that. Cool. That it? Yep. Alright. Alright, well, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about this thing, but uh, I've pretty much got the review written now. Uh, a couple, couple things I need to polish up and everything and get those to Josh for, for editing soon, but I uh, figured it was time that uh review the the full PlayStation 4 Pro um it's 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 the written has become quite a novel uh luckily we've talked a lot about this stuff on on the podcast and I don't really need to get into too many of the detailed stuff tonight but uh it, it's it's a tough review it's a really tough review because it's very situational you know if it's quote unquote worth it or not uh, so this came out November 10th of this year, uh, sells for 400 bucks. Um, it's basically, it, it's a PlayStation four at its core. You know, anything that works in the PS4 today works on the pro. Uh, they've actually gone out of their way to make sure that things are compatible. Uh, so much so that, you know, 
if you put a PS4 game in the PS4 Pro, it's not going to uh, perform any better just because it's got more power, uh, except for one game, save one game, um, unless the game is patched for the Pro itself. Uh, now, that's current. You know, In the future, there's not going to be a patch for the game. The game is probably just going to have support for the PS4 Pro built in. So that's kind of one one of the humps you have to get over to understand is is you know we're seeing patches today because it just came out and you know developers didn't know about it at certain times etc. But in the future, it's just the stuff's just going to work. Um, so the one game that I say uh, that actually does perform better, I think it was by accident, but the you know that Return to Arkham pack came out with uh, Arkham Knight or what is it uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. And actually, Arkham Asylum performs better on the Pro just by default uh, because somebody thinks that they accidentally checked a box somewhere. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, Digital Foundry put a video out and they're like, holy crap, this game actually runs faster. Uh, it's not consistent. There's not a locked frame rate or anything. It just it runs better in most scenes. So kind of odd that that happened. Uh, but a regular PS4 game that was made for the PS4 will work on the Pro just like any other game unless it receives a patch. Uh, and when they're patched, and, and what they can do in the Pro is varied. Uh, pretty wide berth of things that they can do. Uh, and that's where you kind of have to break things down a little bit. So I'm going to start with VR because if you're doing VR, this may be one of the areas that makes the, 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 the Pro worth it. Uh, depending on your situ- on what you want out of the games. So with VR, obviously you're locked at essentially a 1080p display because that's what the, uh, the screen itself in the VR headset has. But what the Pro can offer is better rendering techniques. You can get more assets, better textures, uh, more objects, that sort of thing. So and And per game, it's different right now. So... If you go into E-Valkyrie, you're going to get better rendering. It's going to look cleaner. Uh, you're going to get better effects, especially like when a capital ship explodes. Uh, it just looks better. Um, you're going to get less aliasing. or There's still a little bit in there because of the screen door effect on the screen, but you're going to get less aliasing. Drive Club VR, I still contend, and I need to hook up the other PS4 and, and look at it side by side, uh, but I still contend that the textures look better, uh, like the banners and the signs and things like that. Uh, What Digital Foundry found when they were recording off of the social screen was that uh, the only thing they could find different was world reflections. So everything's reflecting off the car now where it wasn't in the the standard PS4. Uh, Battlezone, uh, all the real-time lighting is actually affecting the lighting uh, in your cockpit the whole time, whereas on the regular PS4, uh, it only happened in the opening scene when you're kind of being lifted up into the into the battle zone itself. <clears throat> also, you're getting better rendering. Again, less less aliasing, that sort of thing. Uh, rigs, same thing. Rigs, you're getting uh, better, like less aliasing. Uh, it, it just looks cleaner all around. Like even the HUD and everything else looks a lot cleaner. There's less jaggies. Um, I'm trying to think of what other games actually hit the Pro itself. Uh, well, Robinson is, is an interesting one. <clears throat> so Robinson, th- there's this technique that a lot of developers use in VR where on the edges of your peripheral vision, it'll actually get blurry. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, developers want you to focus more on 
what's in front of you, but also they can put more of the rendering toward the center of the, of the screen where your eyes are looking. So they make it blurry around there so that they can like, you know, it, it's less detail, but on the pro version, it's actually clean all the way around. There's no blurriness whatsoever. Uh, of course it makes you sick if you're a certain person, but, <laughs> and it, it, it's a very, it's, it's funny. We were talking about that P, at PSX with other people and some other people were getting sick too. So it seems like it's a very divided group. Like it, it, it's not like a, a maybe happen. It's either, it's going to happen or it's not. And the pro doesn't fix that, which is kind of weird. Like you would think it, maybe it's a frame rate issue, but no. Um, but that's the thing like VR, they can put more, uh, they can put that power toward actually how the game is rendering instead of worrying about the 4k thing. Uh, and in that case, it does it very well. I, I, in my opinion, overall, it does it very well. Uh, there's some really cool stuff they're doing with it. There's some really cool stuff they're going to do with it in the future. Uh, we heard some developers talk about, you know, in the pro, we're going to be able to render it with, uh, you know, a different, like basically a different anti-listing technique, or we can do uh, better anastropic filtering, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in that case, yeah, the pro, I think if you're hardcore into PSVR is actually kind of worth it, not only because of that, but also it's got a USB in the back and it's a little bit easier to hook it up. Uh, <laughs> although, that's the big Achilles heel of PSVR is the fact that the stupid breakout box doesn't support anything over HTC 1.4. So you can't do HDR lighting on your cool display if you have a 4K display. So it kind of defeats the purpose. It's so, it's the stupidest thing ever. Um, but if you're, you know, if you have a regular PS4, you're doing PSVR, you don't need a 4K display if you have PSVR and you want to go to the Pro. That's, that's one of the great things about it. Uh, you can do this incremental, up, incremental upgrade. <clears throat> but let's talk about 4K. I've asked Rock time and time again, does that look any different? And he's shaking his head every time. And I shake my head every time. To me, 4K is not a big deal. Yes, it's four times the pixels. Uh, really, the only thing that, that you'll probably get out of, um, out of 4K over 1080p is the fact that you have four times the pixels on the screen. They're smaller pixels. So just by default, aliasing should look a little bit better or, or anti-aliasing. But 4K itself, in my opinion, isn't isn't something to sell this thing with. It really isn't. But unfortunately, I think that's the biggest target of the system is to support 4K for those people that bought a display already. Um, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition because I get why they're doing it, and I get that there, there's all of a sudden this push to 4K. I mean, I've got friends that just bought a you know like a an, a below thousand dollar. Uh, 4K display because it was cheaper than the alternative for 1080p at that time. Best Buy had all these huge sales on 4K displays, but that's all they were. They were 4K. They didn't do all the cool HDR stuff. They didn't do the expanded color palette. Nothing. It was just 4K. Um, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Even with 4K Blu-rays, which this thing obviously can't do, and another Achilles heel right there, um, but 4K Blu-rays, 4K streaming, it's, you know, that, that Content just isn't doing it for me, uh, and I'm an AV nerd. Like you know, I I used I had two different boxes to upconvert my Laserdisc player so it ran great at 480p and 720p. Um, that stuff you can see though. The jump from 1080p to 4K is very very tough to see. Um, I just and, and that's a personal thing. You might think you see it, and that's great. If that's what you want, go for it because it does 4K really well. Uh, it's not just a simple scaler like the Xbox One S. 
the, the, the scaler that they have in there is phenomenal, especially for the price that you're paying for this thing. Uh, a lot of developers are using the checker, checkerboard, the 4x4 checkerboard uh, technique to upscale. But the cool thing is, <clears throat> most of the time, when a game supports 4K on this, if it's not doing native 4K, and a few games do do it. Um, doo-doo. I said doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> um, the games aren't just 1080p scaled up to 4K like they are in the Xbox One S. And I'm only using that as a comparison because, quite frankly, that's the best comparison we can make right now because these are both touted as 4K consoles. Um, what it'll usually do is it'll usually render at around 1440p or even 1800p, and they'll go the rest of the way with their checkerboard technique for, for scaling. Uh, but unlike the PS3 scaler, which was good at best, uh, it's a fantastic scaler. Uh, I see artifacts on my Xbox One S. I do. Uh, the HDR stuff on the Xbox One S is pretty good. It's it's only running at 420 instead of 422 like normal, but it's pretty good. Like Forza Horizon 3 looks pretty damn good. Uh, but the stuff that, that you see on PS4 even now at the beginning, it's clean. I mean, it's it's insanely clean. There's only a couple of games that really look kind of muddy. Uh, but 4K itself, don't use that as a selling point. Don't use that as a reason to go out and buy a new screen. Uh, it, it's just not worth it. Uh, but <clears throat> one of the great things that every PS4 can do is HDR support. And unfortunately, as far as I can tell, there's no 1080p displays out there that do HDR. You have to have a 4K display to do it. So here's the Catch-22. There's only a few screens that do really good HDR right now. Uh, you know, with the full expanded color palette, that whole technique. Um, my Vizio is one of them. <clears throat> I've got a Vizio P series. The Vizio M series does it as well. And they're affordable. You can get into a Samsung. You can get into the LG OLED screen, which is really expensive. Uh, you can get into, uh, if anybody was at PSX, you know, you saw... GT Sport on that humongous 100-inch Sony ZT9 that sells for 60 grand. And that's the thing about it is it's it's still an emerging technology. And when all these screens run at 1,000 nits for the luminance level right now, which it, it, that's the measurement for luminance is, is nits, it's called, um, that new Sony runs at 1,500 nits. The target, though, uh, is 10,000 nits. And no display is going to support that probably for another three years. Kazi uh, Mauchi, when we sat down for GT Sport, talked about that. And he even said, we're going to support it in the game day one, but no display is going to support this for years. So you see how much of an emerging technology this is. And <clears throat> quite frankly, for the, for the quote-unquote average consumer, I don't think it's worth it. And I've said that time and time again, you know. We're going to see stuff at CES this year already that's going to crush this display I just got in September for luminance, for features, everything else. But that's the way it is. You know, if you're an early adopter, you're going to find stuff in a year or two that's going to just blow your, your TV out of the water. I get that. But by the time it's time to get a new one of these uh, with better HDR support and everything else, it'll be affordable and the technology is going to be awesome. But right now, I don't think anybody should buy one. I just don't. Unless your your display literally breaks, like you have no other display to run on, and you need a new TV, sure. 
get but get one spend the extra money and get one with full hdr support with expanded color palette etc 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 um don't get one of those sub thousand dollar displays that they say hdr well it's limited hdr and you're not going to really see much of a difference um but that really is the crux of this whole thing is that every ps4 does hdr so you know unless 4k is a big deal to you the pro might not be even worth it for you for that um i think the other area that the pro really shines though is the fact that there's a few games out there already that have been patched for the pro but really and we just talked about it tonight with farming simulator which is kind of a funny example but you know it's got three different rendering modes it's got a full 4k uh rendering mode but it also has a 1440p at 60 frames and a 1080p at 60 frames with i'm sure probably more assets in it uh tomb raider does the same thing and tomb raider when you look at that side by side between the pro and the regular ps4 it's a huge difference the thing is, though, a lot of times you probably wouldn't even notice the difference unless you see it side by side. But they use this crazy rendering mode for the 1080p uh, uh, Pro patch on here where all, like, if you see a city in the background, if you're up on a cliff and you see the city in the background, on the regular PS4, um, it's really jaggy everywhere. It's really low res. It just it looks really odd. You look at it on the Pro and everything is completely clean. It just has a much cleaner look all throughout. Uh, so that's the odd thing about it is, is in a lot of ways when you're buying the Pro, you're buying potential. I mean, there's some cool stuff out for it, but there's nothing that would just blow me away. Like, oh shit, I have to have this. Uh, and that's kind of where we're in a weird area, and I think Sony knows that too. I think the fact that we really haven't seen very much advertising for the Pro uh, the fact that, you know, when you talk to them, they know that this is going to be a long haul for the Pro. Where I think the best reason to buy one is if you don't have a PS4 yet. Or if you want to buy another PS4 for whatever reason, you have another room you want to put one in. If you're going to buy one today, buy a Pro. You might as well buy the best one. Because it's going to do some cool stuff. And it's going to be a lot more future-proof than the regular PS4. This one will last at least three years, right? <laughs> Which is one of my biggest complaints is the fact that it's been three years and they already have a new model. Yeah. Um, but I, I do see benefits in VR. That's, that's one area that I actually think that's the most, uh, the most actual like tangible uh, benefits is in VR. Uh, if, if Sony hadn't made every PS4 HDR compatible, yeah, then this thing would have a lot more value in my opinion uh, today. But the fact that they did that for every PS4, number one, is huge because unlike the Xbox, you don't have to go buy a new unit if you want to do HDR support. Like, let's say not everybody has the money to go out and buy not only a new console, but also a new $1,200, $1,500 display. The fact that if you already bought that display for whatever reason, your regular PS4 already supports it. Well, holy shit, that's awesome. Uh, You know, unfortunately, there's still a couple of video apps that don't have HDR support. Uh, Netflix and Amazon both. I've uh, I've I've brought that up to the, the Sony people in charge of this stuff, and they they know that that's a problem. I don't know if there's a fix coming, but uh, that's definitely a deficiency over what the Xbox One S does. Um, but you know it's it, it's funny because it's it's a really hard sell. It really is because you can log on to this thing 
nobody would ever know this is a pro. If they can't see that console sitting there, they would never know. It's the same interface. You know, everything is the same except for what's under the hood. And the game has to support that extra power. Um, but the potential is cool. And I will say that I've seen what, what can be done. Uh, I've seen some, a couple of cool things, but nothing so far as has said to me, Oh shit. If I didn't have a pro, this would suck. You know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really tough one. It's a really tough sell for those guys right now. Uh, I think how it's developed, though, the fact that they put the extra uh, gig of RAM on there for uh, app switching so that app switching would still work fine because they opened up more of the RAM to game developers. So that 8 gig of GDDR5 RAM, uh, that super fast RAM, they've opened up more of that for the developers. Uh, The scaling technology they put in here is impressive as hell. But, you know, the caveats are it doesn't do 4K Blu-ray. It doesn't... Um, that sucks. That's it does. one of the biggest oversights in that whole thing, and that really bothers me because... It bothers me too. This is the more powerful console. This is all about 4K and HDR, and this is awesome, but fuck yeah. your 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me I have to go out and buy another box if I want to watch my 4K Blu-rays, well, essentially. I mean, what do you think my Xbox One S is? Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, there's only a handful of of 4K Blu-ray players out there on the market today, and they're expensive. And the Xbox One S is actually one of the cheapest ones. So guess what? Now you're you're giving your customers a reason to buy the competitor. Mm-hmm. You are, and and furthermore, the fact that Amazon and Netflix both, yeah, they render they they actually display 4K on on the PS4 Pro. Neither of them display HDR right now, and they do on the Xbox One S. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's a huge problem. And if you're going to try to go bullet point for bullet point with the S, you got to step it up. You know, they talked about <clears throat> um, at the meeting you were at. I mean, they really touted the fact that oh, this this client and this cl- or this app and this app and this app are all going to support this. Well, yeah. Technically, they support 4K or Ultra or whatever you want to call it. But the fact that none of them support HDR is ridiculous. Because quite frankly, they could add HDR support even to the regular PS4 or the regular PS4 apps. And they would work great. You know? Yeah. But the problem is, I, I think what the problem is, is the fact that Netflix and Amazon primarily do Dolby Vision and not HDR10. And there's probably some weirdness there, but it works in the Xbox One S. You know, and that's just that's the fact of the matter right now. If if their excuse for not putting a 4K Blu-ray on here is because they want to uh, they want to support streaming services more, well then do it. Actually support it fully, not just the resolution, but support the new features. Or else it's just marketing bullshit at that point. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's really odd, and and one of the questions I'm I, I've really kind of fought with the most is what if I don't have a fancy 4k display? Is it worth it? And like I said, I think in two areas it can be depending on what you want out of the system. Definitely PlayStation VR. I think that's 
I think that's actually the best use of it right now, besides the 4K stuff, if you have a 4K display. I think what they're doing in PSVR and what the potential holds for PSVR is really there because, you know, any more power that you can give VR is, is good because of all the extra rendering it's doing. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, if if you're really hot into Horizon Zero Dawn because Horizon's going to have some cool 1080p stuff. But, you know, if you don't have a 4K display, I don't know if it's really worth it. I really don't. At this moment. But again, if you're buying a PS4 today, you don't have one. Yeah, get the Pro. Because eventually you're probably going to end up getting a 4K display. That's because that's all that's going to be available. You know? Um, so, it's getting a 7.0 for me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got a lot of potential. I mean, who knows? In a year, if I re-reviewed it in a year, that score may go way up. But there's just too many things that don't work right now. Yeah. Although I will say it was nice getting this and having it work day one with my display. Whereas the Xbox One S didn't work for like two months. It just started... Actually, I, I bought this in September. I bought both of them in September. And they just started working about a week and a half ago. So, yeah. But the fact that, you know, I go into Amazon and I put in Bosch Season 2, which I know has HDR support, or I go into Netflix and I turn on Luke Cage, and which I know has HDR support, and neither of them uh, display HDR, is it, it's unfathomable right now. You know, you want me to, to use this and, and you want to tout this as that 4K device. It ain't doing half the shit it needs to do. So, fix it. And everybody asking us over and over, well, can they do a firmware update and, and make the uh, Blu-ray player an Ultra Blu-ray player? No. They've already said flat out they can't do it. So I think that was the, the victim of Andrew House saying the system will not be sold at a loss day one. To put that extra $8 or what is it, $25 to get a new Blu-ray dr- uh, drive that supports 4K, they didn't want to do it. So there you go. Yeah, very yeah. short-sighted, very foolish. I agree. I, I think it's it's just, it's the silliest thing I've heard in a long time. That, you know, this is our 4K console, but you can't do 4K Blu-rays. Now again, I will, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit, and there ain't many good 4K Blu-rays out there. <laughs> but there, there will be. If it takes off, I mean, 3D stuff is still kind of tough to find, but they're still releasing. I mean, they're releasing some really good movies lately, but it took a long time, number one. But, you know, who knows if it doesn't take off? Maybe Sony knows something we don't. But I, I, there's a handful of them I, I, I grab just to check them out. But, uh, yeah, I'm again, playing devil's advocate with that one. But it, it's, it's just insane. I mean, you know, the PS2 blew up partly because it was a DVD player, an affordable DVD player. PS3 was considered a phenomenal Blu-ray player. And Why the cheapest on trend? the market at the time. Yeah, yeah. Even though that was a ridiculously expensive console. Yeah, and upgradable. Uh, fantastic audio quality out of it. Uh, some of the beefiest, beefiest audio you could get out of a Blu-ray player. Why break that trend with the PS4? I just don't understand it. 
I don't understand why you would break what's or you would fix what's not broken. You know, unbelievable. Just like that shot rock took. So anyway, yeah, 7.0, uh, again, I think there's a ton of potential, but today there are only a handful of PlayStation 4 owners that I think the upgrade would be worth it uh, or, you know, recommended. If you've got that expensive-ass LG OLED, sure, go for it. Uh, if you've spent the money on the ZT9, definitely go for it. Just don't expect to play 4K Blu-rays on it. <laughs> or see HDR in your video streaming apps. <clears throat> anyway. Although I will say, the YouTube client uh, supports 4K, whereas the Xbox One S... I uh, was having a lot of problems with the 4K uh, videos. So that's one nice thing. But, eh, there isn't that much 4K video on the YouTube. Except for, of course, the new Wipeout Omega Collection videos we posted the other day. Which look fantastic. Just saying. You know, youtube.com slash psnation. You can check out that sweet Wipeout Omega gameplay. And it wasn't even me playing with my crappy hand. It was MJC. Just saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, on to the emails. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm gonna start with the second one anyway. Uh, so this one's from Ben, and he says, "This ties right into this." Uh, hey, just a quick question. Uh, I'm not sure if you've covered this in a podcast already. We have, as I'm at least 20 behind at this stage, but we keep getting this question. Uh, but the 2 gig hard drive you recommended on your site for the PS4, will it fit in the PS4 Pro? Yes, mm. it will. Yeah, uh, I actually put the same exact 2 terabyte drive that we've recommended for, what, three years now? I put that same exact drive in my PS4 Pro uh, it was $77 when I bought it. Uh, it works perfectly, and the cool thing is it's fully uh, SATA 6.0 gig compatible. So it is full speed for the new interface on the Pro. So and that is a, something else I still need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, I, it still amazes me that if you buy the one in the Caddy, it's cheaper than buying one directly. Like, significantly cheaper. A bear drive is what you mean. Yeah, yeah. If you buy a bear yeah. drive compared to the one in the caddy, the one in the caddy is still cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, and it's the same exact drive you would buy. That's, that's the funniest part. And the cool thing is, then you can take, well, out of the Pro, you can take the one terabyte out, put it in the caddy, reformat it, either with, uh, if you have Mac, go to the, your disk utility, or on Windows, go to your computer management, disk management, and delete all the partitions off of it after you put it in the caddy and you have a one terabyte uh, USB 3 drive. It's badass. Which is something I still have to do. I forgot to do that so far. Yeah. yeah. But the cool thing is all the instructions that are on our website are uh, fully apply except for the fact that the drive uh, bay is on the back of the PS4 Pro instead of on the side. That's the only difference. Everything else is the same. Same firmware, same technique, same instructions, same everything. And it goes very smoothly. Mm -hmm. Although, I wanted to bring this up. 
Uh, remember that when I was doing, so I have actually did the, the drive upgrade at Josh's house when we were before extra life and I put the firmware on the, on my USB drive and it wouldn't work because I was plugged into one of the uh, ports on the front. Mm-hmm. So some other people are having this problem where if you have kind of a thicker USB drive, it won't go in all the way. So I had to plug into thumb the back drive. port. Yeah. Thumb drive. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to plug the thumb drive into the back USB port for it to work right. So be careful with that, folks. That was interesting. I saw Emra just uh, posted that on our, our chat today. Like, hey, anybody else having a problem with the USB thumb drive? So, anyway. Yep. Cool. All right. Second email. Mm-hmm. Navigate to that. Oh, this is from Jason, and he says, Hi, Glenn and Josh. I wanted to write with some ramblings regarding GT Sport and PSX and Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Number one, GT Sport. I'm hoping this new game can restore some glory to the series, but honestly, I'm skeptical. Hmm. The key thing about this game is the competitive online racing with its alignment with uh, FIA, etc. Was there any talk about uh, how Polyphony is going to pull this off considering that GT5 and GT6 both failed miserably at online racing? Hmm. I don't agree with that because GT6 actually was pretty damn solid. Uh, no talk yet. They will probably hit on that, I would say, February or March, I think. Because it sounds like they're going to start talking about more stuff around that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're really going after the that FIA uh, partnership. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it sounds like they've learned from their mistakes, but we've heard that before. <laughs> uh, but I mean, well, but the interface on GT6 was fantastic. And that was one of the biggest gripes about GT5. Uh, besides all the stupid lobbies and the lobby codes and everything else, GT6 wasn't perfect, but actually, I thought the online play was really good on GT6 overall. Uh, it still had the stupid lobby system, but it was improved. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a failure, though. Uh, I'm all for the graphical push that Polyphony is going for, but seriously, let's get a game that's fun to play, easy to get in and out of online racing, and has that addictive racing hook that PS4 seems to be lacking so far, which is crazy when you think about it. I know Glenn is the racing guy, so looking for his take on this game. <coughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree to a certain extent, because Project Cars, I think, is a fantastic game overall, but... I think that career mode's an absolute mess. Uh, online, though, on, on Project Cars is pretty solid. I, I actually think it's pretty good. Uh, but getting on with your friends and everything, yeah, it can be a little bit of a kludge. Assetto Corsa... <sighs> Assetto Corsa is a weird game. I think it's probably, right now, the best-looking console racer out there. Um, the core racing, the actual physics, the actual uh, you know car on the road is superb. But I think that the AI levels are incredibly uneven. Uh, You can put it on a low difficulty level and just blow past everybody up at one level. And they're all, they're all gods. Uh, There's a real problem with that. Uh, I think that there's definitely a lot of stuff lost in the set of Corsa from its move from PC to consoles. Uh, just in terms of options, but also some of the online stuff. Online races, though, actually work pretty well if you can get into them. Uh, there aren't a lot of people playing it, unfortunately. And it sucks because Assetto Corsa, 
it can really grow into something really nice. You know, I think it's a developer that's been doing these simulations for so many years for car companies and they don't have that expertise for the gaming industry. But I think it's something that can definitely grow with that game. Uh, you know, the dirt games are the dirt games. I think they're good. There's, there's some really cool stuff that's happening. I haven't played them enough. Uh, and I definitely haven't played any online yet. So I agree. I mean, we really do need a good online racing sim. Uh, you know, project cars, when you actually get into a race is great, but getting into that race can be a little weird sometimes. Uh, I, you know, I have faith in polyphony though. I, it's, I, I, it's probably blind faith. <laughs> uh, but you know, just seeing what I saw last weekend, man, I, it, it, it's my favorite thing I saw at PSX. Uh, but I also was really lucky because I got to spend a half an hour with, uh, Yamochi and, and like three other people in the room and, uh, I got to play it in VR a couple times and, you know, it, it's, it's sounding really cool again though we've heard a lot of these promises in the past so but it made me want to play gt6 more like i really want to get onto my ps3 and play gt6 like insane i'm just itching to play that um yeah so we'll see what happens all right number two crash bandicoot really happy to see that the collection came back sounds great from your impressions uh, so far from psx yeah, I was actually talking to Josh about it before we recorded tonight. Um, it was impressive. Uh, I, I've been one of those people that I would always laugh when people, and Josh was laughing too, when people, oh, we need Crashback, we need Crashback. Um, there were a lot of games after this initial collection that really weren't too good. And I think this is the best way to do it. I, I really do think that remaking these original games and staying faithful to them is the right way to go. Uh, I only got to play two sections, but what I played was really impressive. Uh, I like the fact that they're keeping the difficulty in the game. They're not, they're not wussifying at all. Um, I like that. It really did feel like those original games and the cool, you know, I just played that one level in that one game. So, um, I actually had a recent hands-on with the original one again, but yeah, it's it's exciting, and I think I think it's going to be a hit. I really do. Uh, then he goes on to say, talking about racing games again, I would love to see a Crash Team Racing ooh uh, be completely redone for the PS4 and bring back the fun kart racer. I know there's no way to know, but I would just hope that if Crash Bandicoot does well, maybe Sony could do something with bringing this back into the fold. Again, uh, it would be a good way to have it would be a good way to have a fun kart racer with single player side and a multiplayer side. Uh, I don't, have you played Crash Team Racing lately? Hmm. <laughs> Go back and play it. I think you'll agree that if they redid it, they'd have to redo a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually saw a thing on Twitter today. Like, do we need another Mod, Mod Nation Racers? Uh, I think it'd be interesting. It won't happen, but I think it'd be interesting. Um, I don't know. Did you like Crash Team Racing at all, Josh? Yeah, I, not so much. I mean, it was okay, but it was not anything that I was ever really way into or anything like that. Yeah. 
I think I have it on my Vita right now. Because they re-released it, you know, the PS1. Yeah. No, I, I got the... I have the disc and I have the... Yeah, the digital one as well. Just because I bought everything Crash, because that's what I do. I'm stupid. Yeah. yeah. Even the bad games? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Boy. Well, that's how I know they're <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see a kart racer, definitely. Uh, you know, the last one we've ever seen anywhere is really Mario Kart 8 on the on the Wii U, and it's fantastic. Um, you know, when done right, a kart racer can be an awesome thing. Uh, I'm a fan of them. Uh, do we need to see a new Mon Nation? Maybe not. Uh, Mon Nation, I really loved, but there was always one thing in every one of those games that just held it back. You know, I, the PS3 one, I think is the best one still. Um, P, you know, people complained about the load times. Okay. That didn't detract from the fun for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The, the online play in that game was a blast. The lobby system wasn't the greatest, but it worked. Uh, we had some great times in the early extra lives of that game. Uh, but the Vita one, I thought that really held it back. The fact that it didn't have online multiplayer that was all asynchronous. I just, I didn't like it, you know? Um... Yeah, it'd be cool to see another one. Maybe another little big planet racing or something. I don't know. Maybe an Until Dawn kart racer. Nah. <laughs> hey, we thought that about uh, an on-rail shooter for Until Dawn, and it's one of the best VR games out there. Mm. Yeah. It really is. All right. Well, that's it. That's from uh, Kenobi Warlord, Jason Pakovich. Long time emailer. So thanks for that, folks. Oh, I wanted to ask you. That's what I wanted to ask you about. <clears throat> so the, there's a rumor going around that uh, that Skylanders is going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard anything about that or not. Uh, it's furthered by the recent uh, uh, announcement that Vicarious Visions, who are one of the developers for it, like because they they skip back and forth between them and um, oh, the other developer. Ah, shit, I forget their name right now. Um, they were the ones doing like alternate Skylanders games, and now they're going to be working on Destiny Two. So, your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think it's time for that to happen because there's been so many? Or I'm surprised it didn't happen already. Really? Every year, I'm surprised that another one comes out. I mean, uh, the thing is, like, Disney was the number one selling. Toys to Life franchise at the time they pulled the plug. Right. And it's mostly because of all that inventory that's sitting on store shelves. And if you've been into a Toys R Us or any of these places, Target especially, Target has shit for Toys to Life. Yeah. I mean, all these stores have been cutting back heavily because they had to seriously expand when Disney jumped in and then when Lego jumped in suddenly like when all three of them were going, when they, when they all three hit their stride, Toys R Us had taken up like three full aisles of this shit. Right. And I, I say shit, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stuff, um, but, 
but the point is it was too much, you know, and, and they all had to cut back and they've all been cutting back on the shelf space on all these. And like I, like I said earlier with Skylanders, you go into a Toys R Us and it's the same four or five characters on the wall. If you're looking for an older one, uh, you know, if you're not looking for the current game and uh, because they have sales constantly and you go in like, Ooh, I'm going to get a deal on something. Well, it's the same five characters you already have. Because that's all they ever sell. Right. Um, so I, I just, I think there has to be a fatigue there at some point. And I think Skylanders is especially guilty of it because, and actually I think Lego dimensions is headed that direction too. Although Lego is a different story just because it's Lego. But you know, we said that about Disney. Disney's a yeah. different story because it's Disney and they've got Disney and they've got Marvel and they've got Star Wars and they pulled the plug, you know? Yeah. Well, but the thing is they didn't pull the plug just on Infinity though. They pulled the plug completely. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, cause I saw somebody else making or using that as kind of a, uh, to prove their point about, you know, is Toys for Life kind of on the, on the downward spiral. And I said, well, it's not that they killed Disney Infinity. It was doing well. It's just, they Disney just decided to get out of games. You know? Well, but part of it was that they had all that money sitting on the store shelf. They literally said that they said yeah. that there was too much, there was too much money tied up in inventory that's sitting on store shelves. And they were talking right. about all the, all the toys to life stuff. Um, Skylanders, I think has always had a problem in that. It's, it's the call of duty thing. You know, it's a yearly release comes out the same time every year and then there's another 40 some characters for you to get plus all the variants if you're you know a collector and if you're into that so and and the thing is they'll release them in waves so that you're buying the last couple characters by the time the next one comes out so you're never not buying anything at that point you know what right. I mean? And that has to wear on people after how many years. And if you look at the PS4, um, we talked about this, and every time I bring it up, you're like, that's not possible. But hang on <laughs> That's a not second. possible, Josh. Hang on. Let me pull up PS4. Okay. The PlayStation 4 has been out for, what, three years? Yeah. Yeah, three years. There are four Skylanders games on the PS4. Right. And it's three-year lifespan. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think about that, you know? So, just in terms of, of fatigue, plus, you've got... Look at it this way, too. The main group that got into Skylanders in the first place were, you know, kids older, like, 10, 12, 15 years old, you know, the, the early teens, I'd say younger kids in the early teens were like the core group and they've gone through how many iterations of the game at this point. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six. So six years. Yeah. I think they're outgrowing them at this point. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're, your core audience that was there from the beginning is starting to outgrow them. Lego Lego is a whole other thing where 
you know, it's Legos and we've seen from people have written in and even told us, and I've heard from people that they will buy the minifigures just because it is a unique minifigure and not sold in that pose or not sold with that hat or not sold with whatever, you know, as a standalone figure. Right. They have no interest in the game. Uh, the thing with Lego Dimensions is that this second year of it, there's that question of, is the value still there? Because they didn't just say, okay, here's a couple new sets. They threw in everything and the kitchen sink at this point. Right. I mean, there are all the different properties that are coming and all the different properties that have come for this. Uh, Adventure Time, A-Team, Beetlejuice, E.T., Fantastic Beasts, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Gremlins, Harry Potter, Knight Rider, Lego Batman Movie, Lego City Undercover, Mission Impossible, Powerpuff Girls, Teen Titans Go, for fuck's sake, (laughs) and Sonic. I mean... It, when does it get to be just too much? You know, you, yeah. it, it's just noise at this point. You walk in to a place and there are so many that you just don't even know what to do at that point. It, it's right. It becomes too much. It becomes just overwhelming. And, you know, we had talked about the level pack, not the level packs, whatever they're calling them, the, the ghost packs, whatever the big ones, the $50 ones, the, right. the ghostbusters one and, and the fantastic beast one, you know, that's what we got on sale. That's what I said, get us for Christmas and everything. And you put it together and then what, you know, you've, you play through <laughs> the movie, but after that, it was just a, it was just a reason to get you to spend another 50 bucks. Oh yeah. There's no other reason for that piece on the portal. And there's, you know, it's just a different, a different look to the portal to refresh it a bit and make it feel new. Um, but I don't know, you know, I, Lego's going to survive. Obviously they're freaking Lego. They're the biggest toy oh, yeah. on the planet. Um, but I think they may even have to scale back next year. They may have to look at what their sales were and say, this didn't meet expectations. What did we do wrong? We threw too many different properties all in at once. You know, they, they just couldn't hold back. They were, uh, that's a ridiculous number of properties to throw into a game all at once. It, and, and when you see the, the different abilities of the characters and all the overlap there is, it 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 really comes down to well what is your favorite franchise because that's the only one you should bother getting because the other ones all do most of the same stuff you know and what i've seen what they've been trying to do is they'll make very very specific uh abilities that only harry potter can speak in parcel tongue so he's the only one that can open these certain doors so you of have course. to get them, you know, where, whereas several characters could do stealth or several could blow up silver Legos, 
or several could do this or that. You know, now with Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt is the only character in the game that can put on disguises and change to so he's the only character that can open up something very specific in the game. Yeah. So they've gotten to that point where they're they're making it to where you have to buy these things if you want to open up all these different things in the game. Um whereas before there was a lot of overlap. Uh Skylanders thing has always been kind of pick your favorite characters and just play. Right. You know, there there are areas that have to be opened up and it's funny because I I as I was looking online at you know all these variants of characters and all these crazy things that are out there uh I come across guides each time a new Skylanders comes out. Somebody runs through the game and they put together a guide of the bare minimum set of characters you need and the cheapest way to get them to be able to unlock everything in the game and see everything in the game, all the side rooms and quests and everything like that. Mm. Um, because there's a way to do it. You know, obviously you don't have to have every, every single character to do it. Uh, yeah, but they put out a good 20, 30, 40 characters every year and they're not cheap. No, so, that's the thing. I mean, and and the funny thing, I mean, to me, I would actually be it'd be a tough choice if I had kids and I was buying this stuff because at least my perception is Legos are expensive. No matter what, Legos expensive, mm-hmm. and I would probably look at Skylanders over Legos just by default because I would expect Lego Dimensions to be more expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah, and see, the funny thing is, I mean, now that I've been looking at this more, um, there are, and I I think it's because of the shelf space, there are constant sales on these things. Like every other week, there is a buy one, get one 40% off, buy one, get two free. You know, there there are all these ridiculous sales that keep happening. And that's how we... Uh, That's how we've picked up some of this stuff because it is, you can get it cheap if you wait and, and you look, uh, hang on. Yes. Oh yes, we do. Okay. I'll be up in a little bit. We're almost done. Okay. Yeah. We have to open the 12th on the, uh, Lego advent calendar. (laughs) We didn't do that. Way to wait until 10 o'clock at night, kid. Yeah, I know. We didn't do that. Um, yeah, we will. I'll be up in a couple minutes. Um So yeah, I mean if if you look and and you wait and you're careful, you can find this stuff cheap. Right. Um well, Disney Infinity especially right now. <laughs> they they can't give them away quick enough. Yeah. Um but even the the Lego Dimension stuff, that goes on sale a lot, you know, and it'll it'll be like everything is 40% off or, or buy one, get one half off or whatever it is. Daddy? Uh, yes. Can I sit on you? <laughs> yes, you can sit on my lap. Come here. What are all these? Those are little squares. You want to draw on them? Why do you have to draw on them? It's a little grid. Do you have to draw on all of them at one time? No, you can draw whichever ones you want and make a picture. 
Yeah, just by drawing in squares. Yep. How do you draw? How do you draw a maze of squares? A maze? Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to figure that one out. You create a crazy maze, and then nobody can get through it. Can nobody get? Hey, all right, wait. Since you're here, what do you think? What's your favorite out of Lego Dimensions, Disney Infinity, and Skylanders? Like King Swirl a Maze? <laughs> no, no, no. Out of the three games. Just not the maze here. We're not talking about we're talking about the three games. So Disney Infinity, Lego Dimensions, and Skylanders. Which one is your favorite? Uh, what do you think? All of them. You love all of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we've been playing what Lego Dimensions more, right? Because mm-hmm. that's pretty fun, isn't it? You like putting together all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the consumer but, that every company wants. Exactly. Well, like them all. <laughs> but it's also fun to uh, to make our own. See, and that was the thing I was really hoping, and this may be the end of Skylanders. I was really hoping that with this new push to create your own character with Imaginators, that you would be able to bring, you know, build your own character, your favorite character that has the battle style you like and, and build it up and move that forward through all the games as it, you know, as the franchise goes. Yeah. Um, bailing entirely i think is the wrong idea maybe take a break maybe i have a feeling a there might be one more because a picture the main team I'm is probably working on one so yeah a box. okay that's a good idea um well toys for bob was the original developer right and they did this last one mm. um so I don't know. I mean, that was their big thing. They brought back a lot of the older characters that haven't been in the games recently. And they made this big push to create your own for the first time. Right. Uh, and obviously, you know, the sales weren't what they expected. And I think it's because it's too much. I, you look at the shelf and now it's not just, and I said this when I did the review, you know, you've got, the characters to buy, but then you've got all the different creation crystals. There's a different crystal for every single, uh, every single, uh, element or whatever element. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you buy that and you, you make a decision, okay, I have the water element. Now what, what battle class do I want to make them? And it tells you this, a one-time thing. Once you choose it, you're locked into it. Right. And if you, buy that crystal for 10 bucks, whatever it is. And you make that battle class and you realize, wow, this isn't what I expected. I don't like this. Well, now you have to go out and buy another one and Uh, you've just kind of wasted it, you know? Yeah. So seeing a wall full of those creation crystals is, is kind of daunting as well. You know, just trying to decide, well, which do I want the life element? Do I want the tech? Do I want the undead? Do I want, light or dark do i want this you know it's 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 a lot oh yeah definitely so i can see where that could stumble um but i i think 
taking a break is a good idea. Give it a year and then come back, um, you know, kind of retool things. Take the year off to really step back, see what works with the franchise, what could revitalize it, what could make it more exciting and pull people back in again. I think I I agree because even even above that, like just not not having it there every year, you know, over and over and over, it might kind of shake things up a little bit too. Yeah, it would. It really would. Because uh, like I said, the way they release them in waves and they spread them out across the entire year, you're buying the last characters a month before the next one comes out. Right. Yes. I know it looks like something kind of like a rectangle here, but I have three boxes. (laughs) They're different sizes. One is bigger than two of the earth. I put it the first box down, then the next box in the other one, then the next box in the other one. That is brilliant. Well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. I like the way you drew that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I no, mean, you'll, that's... you'll have to take a picture of that and put it on the banner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I will do that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think a break would be good for a year. Uh, I just fear with Activision that if they drop it, they're dropping it, you know? Yeah, probably. I mean, look how long it took them to get back to Guitar Hero. Mm, yeah, it would be a while for it to come back, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. Not a bad idea. We'll see. Maybe at that point they saw it as a 3D printer and you just print up your own. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess we can end this since someone wants your attention. Yes. Uh, and now he's blowing towards the microphone. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, well, uh, next week, who the heck knows what we're going to talk about? We're getting close to Christmas. Maybe we'll have Stuart on next Bonk. week. Maybe I'll try to get Stuart to join us next Monday night. I think oh, we have that to have would a, be interesting. I think we have to have Stuart before the, before the uh, holidays. All right. Well, until yeah. then, get out to play some games. Have a great one, folks. Oh, also, really quick, Extra Life. Uh, I was actually waiting on more than one person. I emailed everybody. I got a couple more back. I'm not waiting anymore. So this weekend coming up, I'm taking care of the raffle. I'm going to get everything ready. Uh, we can't wait any longer. We can't let this, uh, this hostage situation happen any longer. Let's get the raffle done. So... Um, I'll post on Twitter, et cetera, when, uh, the raffle happens and we'll put the winners up on the website. So I, I, I got to put all that info together. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work, so I'm going to try to get it done. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just time. We can't keep waiting on this. So, uh, all right. Talk to you next week, folks. Thanks very much. Say bye. 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 <laughs> what do you make a picture of with this pen? Anything you want. What did you make? What did I make? Yeah. I made... I don't know. What is that? (laughs) It looks kind of like some kind of structure. Yes. Okay. Say bye. 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 I'm Russian, and uh, I was born there and then came here because it's much better. Um... (laughs) And uh, I was recently looking at, like, a Russian, like, television uh, website called Russia Today. I think it's television. And uh, they had these polls. You know how 
you will have polls that ask you questions. But I noticed that these polls were all vaguely racist <laughs> in their construct. And the thing about it is that Russians are sort of like, you know what we think of as political correctness or just simply not being racist? They think of as false manners and lies. <laughs> and I saw this one, and, then, and I was like, holy shit, uh, this is great. So this is it, so I, print, I printed it out. Um, it says uh, Roma, which are like the largest minority in Romania, or gypsies. <laughs> this is the poll they have. Roma around the world get a hard time because they have no homeland, so they're aliens everywhere they go. Maybe. Or they have a long-standing criminal reputation. Oh. Or they stick to their culture and don't mix with other people. And then, of course, lastly, it's just their fate. <laughs> like, those are the four options. There's no, like, maybe they're mistreated. No, it's their fate, you know, fate, a government policy. And then I looked at the results. I was like, I wonder what people said. And, of course, the answer is they have a long-standing criminal reputation. That's what everyone's like, well, everybody knows that. And I was like, I have to read all their polls. What is the best way to resolve conflicts in the 21st century? UN-style sanctions and peacekeepers. US-style long, long well-advertised military operations. Russia-style quick penetration, fast withdrawal. <laughs> I don't know why they sexualized it. And then the last one, Israel-style bomb your own to scare your neighbors. What's that all about? I don't even think that's like a stereotype or thing. Like, why make up extra Jewish stereotypes? Like, you could even just be like, drop a bank on them, yeah! Israel style, cut off your dick and throw it in the river. Show them how crazy you are. But then this one, this one is truly awesome. Should race play a part when choosing a country's president? Yes, race will determine his future policy. No, it's okay if he is sane. Like, it's true. If you've ever seen a country run by a mentally ill Mexican, oh boy. But then this is, this is the best one. This is even yes or no. It just says, can you imagine a black president in an Eastern European country? Just can you imagine? And, the, and 26% can imagine it. Like literally they have the imagination. But the other 74 are like, whenever I try to think of a black president, I just imagine a rhinoceros and then smoke comes out my face and I collapse. Like... Like, I've seen Star Wars, so I can imagine that, but I can't literally imagine. I have none of the qualifications of imagining. It's awesome. So I decided that I would create my own and try to sell it to them as some polls maybe that they would want to use. So these are some of my uh, inherently prejudiced polls for Russia today. How should we deal with racism in America? First one, 
teach sensitivity classes to white people at wrestling events. Give minorities free cable television and unlimited stuffed crust pizza and pray they stay home. <laughs> Have Bruce Springsteen write a letter to poor people explaining that black people are just like them, but black. <laughs> Next question. What is the solution to the crisis in the Middle East? Create a separate state for Palestinians. Mm, not bad. Drop t-shirts from airplanes in Islamic extremist countries that have just like a circle, and in the circle it says like, ah, with a line through it. That could be very effective. And then, of course, lastly, there is no solution because Jews will be Jews. Jews.